I got her out of here. Hey, why don't you tell me when you turn that thing on there, that light bulb was burned out in here. You you realize what I could have said? Good God. Uh, the T, the chief is here. He has come from far afield. Hey, before we go any further, before we even get started here tonight, I'm going to ask you a question. Who invented the term night people? And don't call up and say Earl Wilson. He never invented anything in his life. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, well, the reason I say that, I'm sitting here, you know, and I'm looking at uh, at a little, uh, one of these little things down at the bottom. You know, they stick in as fillers at the bottom of the uh, columns and papers. It says, uh, the term hot dog was coined in 1900 by sports columnist Tad Dorgan. He invented the term hot dog. He is also crea- uh, credited with originating uh, the expression grease monkey, drugstore cowboy, and, quote, for crying out loud. Guy was fantastically created, uh, uh, creative as a matter of fact. <laughs> now, all right, who created the night people? We'll give you a brass figure with bronze oak leaf palm, please, if you'll do that. And uh, uh, incidentally, before we, uh, you know, get too deeply involved, I can, you know, people keep, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to know what your perceptions are like, you know, what you see in life. And uh, it's like uh, like tonight, I'm, I... Uh, you know, in the newsroom, you know, in the newsroom, they got this television set, and you'd be surprised what they watch in the newsroom. Yeah, you know, had Adam 12 on, you know, in the newsroom. <laughs> you know, see what's going on out there. And it turns out that one of the cops in Adam 12 is described as, as uh, you know, this chick says, I can't go out with you. She's talking to the cops, saying, And he says, why? She says, well, because uh, my uncle told me that you're irresponsible and you drink too much. He said, what? And then they went, bum, ba dum bump, And on comes the commercial for Arid. I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. La-da-dee-dee, la dee Now, just to prove to you that things have not changed as much as you think they have, and I'm not denying that they have changed, but here's proof that uh, a lot of real basic stuff has not changed. 
In fact, last night, a 17-year-old kid came up to me with tears in his eyes, and he grabbed me by the elbow. And he says, Shep, and I said, yeah, he's 17. He said, Shep. And I said, what's the matter? Please, get up off your knees, kid. It's embarrassing to see somebody cry, especially since you're six foot three and weigh 248 pounds. Now get up, kid. Oh, Shep. And I said, what's the matter? He says, oh, God, I read that short story, Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories. Jeez, oh, God, it was about my life. I says, get up, kid. It wasn't about your life. And I kicked him in the slats. He ran down the street. So nothing really changes. Six of one, half a dozen the other. And then I have a clipping here that is almost exactly like the same column out of the terrible high school. Do you remember your high school newspaper? Well, we had this high school newspaper called the Calumet Herald, you know. And it's really, you know, you know, a typical high school newspaper. You know, always it shows, it shows a blurred photograph in the, in the back. It says, it says, Wildcat Back Scores Against Bloomfield Township. And it shows that, yeah, well, Bloomfield Township is the name of a high school, right? Not in Jersey. There are Bloomfield Townships in every county, in every state in the Union, including Hawaii. Right. So it says, it says, Wildcat Back scores against Bloomfield Township. You know, it's a blurred photograph. <laughs> Night game. <laughs> it says, uh, 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 Halfback, Frank Paswinski, shown scoring against Bloomfield Township in last night's thriller. Which Hammond High dropped sixty-nine to twenty-two. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. The coach hopes, however, for a better performance next week against George Rogers Clark. Had twelve students in that school, and the five of them were girls. So we had an easy time beating George Rogers. Not too easy. They, they it was nip and tuck to the third quarter. Uh, and uh, so here, here, here is a column out of the high school paper, which a uh, local high school paper kid sends this to me saying. And he says, Chef, he said, man, isn't this groovy? And I said, yeah. And it's a regular column, see, and it's about, it shows, you know, it's pictures, you know, take it with the brownie. Uh, you know, there is the photographs all there, and blurred photographs of these kids. And they're kids that are going steady. And, you know, it's the going steady column. And you want to hear what's, what's happening with the kids that are going steady? They have a question and answer. Questions ask uh, where they first meet each other, what they like each other for, you know, why. Um why you reacted to each other, and if you had a choice, what would you do? And so here, here are the couples. Now, the, the first couple going steady. We'd like to salute them tonight. Nancy uh, Derico and Dave Ziaboro. Uh, and the, here's the facts on the two. And there they're standing there, gaping into the camera. See Nancy and Dave. And uh, one, Dave and Nancy have been going steady for two years. Two, they met in class over a microscope. Three, nothing bothers them. Here's a shot in the head. Four, Nancy was attracted to Dave because he looks like his brother, and Nancy likes his brother. Dave was attracted to Nancy by her good looks. I can see trouble ahead. <laughs> uh, five, they would like to do something different. They'd like to live in Florida. Now, that's different. Now, that's what I call a creative thought, living in Florida, along with the 60 million other ladies with blue hair. Now, here, here's another uh, a couple that you'd like to know about. How about Meg Odin and Joe Tennyson? Well, Meg and Joe have been going out for 13 months. They first met on the boardwalk in a gazebo in Asbury Park. Three, isn't that romantic? Yes. Uh, everything is perfect. Nothing bothers them. Four, now why do you think Meg was attracted to Joe? Well, she was attracted to Joe by his high school ring and his blue and white checkered socks. Fantastic. 
Uh, Joe was attracted to Meg by her dimples and her saddle shoes. Now, you wouldn't believe that... The <laughs> there it is. I don't make the news, friends. I only report it. Five, they would like to count the grains of sand in the Sahara Desert. Oh, and uh, I have read that in at least 27 different high school yearbooks. When I was going to school, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. Uh, uh, Karen White and Joe Duffy, now there's a likely-looking pair, really happy-looking Jersey couple. One, Karen and Joe have been going out for five months. They first met here at high school. Uh, three, Joe's temper bothers Karen, <coughs> and Karen's new haircut bothers Joe, and she talks too much. Four, uh, Joe is attracted to Karen by her good looks. Uh, Karen likes Joe's glasses. Now that's a, that, I call it a sound foundation for a relationship. She also likes his teeth, and they would like to do something different. They'd like to jump and parachute together from an airplane. And how about Diane Givens and Nate Austin? Well, Nate and Diane have been going out for four months. They met at a party over at Diane's house. Three, when asked about what bothers Nate about Diane, he says, whenever I ask her what's the matter, she says nothing. When I know there's something wrong. Impatient Diane was quick to say, he says he has something to tell me, but he makes me wait before he'll tell me. They were attracted to each other by their fantastic good looks and personality. And uh, the last killer, I mean, it's so typical of all of us. They couldn't decide what they'd like to do. So uh, so you think you think that love and, and life is different in high school when, than when you went there, do you? Here's a chick digs this guy because of his class ring and his checkered socks. So now... <laughs> Not much has changed. <laughs> oh, man. I, I kind of dig that, you know. But uh, let me know what, what are you going to do. I, I just have received a, a uh, tonight, for those of you who are wondering how culture is going forward in our time, I've just received a report on the new Boy Scout uh, handbook. You remember the Boy Scout handbook? And there are several important changes in it. They now recognize that hardly anybody can read anymore. And now the Boy Scout handbook is writ written in big type, and it's directed at fourth grade reading level, plus the fact that it's now just almost all pictures. I mean, they realize what's happening in education, and, uh, you know, pretty soon, uh, you know. But uh, nevertheless, among other things, in the outdoor, uh, you know, in the wildlife section, of course, they realize that damn few kids are ever going to see, uh, you know, a walking around raccoon. So now in the wildlife section, they include cockroaches, rats, and silverfish. There's various wildlife that you can observe on your nature hunts out there in the city dump. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all part of the new the new movement, you know, the, <laughs> you know, the move forward. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I kind of like that. And, and, and incidentally, they include, among other things, you remember when the Boy Scout Handbook, you know, used to tell you about how you survive if you're lost in the wilderness and you, you look for moss on the north side of trees and all that. Well, now they say if you're lost, to make sure that you never really get in trouble when you're lost, always carry emergency change in dimes and a few nickels in your pocket to use and pay toilets if you're lost. I mean, you know, you ever get lost? Uh, you know, you get lost over on 23rd Street, you don't ever get out. You know, get down there in the village sometimes, you know, kids out on a hike and wind up in Greenwich and no telling where they're going to wind up. And no telling what's going to happen. And uh, there's a lot of exciting things. Of course, they don't mention any of that in the handbook, I'm sure, but uh, that, that'll come, the next one. So, would you please... Uh, oh, hold it there now. I'll give you the cue. Just as you, before we before we do that. No, no, you can you can you turn the switch off there. Yeah, have you noticed that nobody uh, identified who who uh, created the term night people? No, no, no. 
sorry. Wasn't Long John Neville, no. Uh, by the way, this is uh, this is also not uh, your station for dreams. This is your family station, WOR, a station that has no dreams. You know, it just clubs along. And uh, this is WR, but one, one thing we've got, I'll tell you, we've got commercials. Will you hit the button, please? Good Hi, everybody. Hey. Don't let my voice well, fool you. This is just an imitation. But I'm not fooling ah, when I he. tell you that the folks at Bonds have something very special for you. When your purchase in the men's clothing department is $85 or more, Bonds is going to well, give Woody you a Woodpecker. $20 bonus certificate. Use it in any department of any Bonds store. You might use it to accessorize that new Bonds suit with great Bonds shirts or shoes. <laughs> but it's your choice. Use your $20 bonus certificate any way you want. Yeah. Golly, that's Bonds for you. Golly, Ned, what a great way to add to your fall wardrobe by using your $20 bonus certificate. You, know, you pick it up at Bonds. And there are two new Bond stores, White Plains at 200 East Post Road and one in the Wall Street area at 182 Broadway, making 20 Bonds in all in the metropolitan area. Believable Bonds, they call themselves. Bonds new stores open today, and bonus certificates are available beginning today. Ah, that was nice. Who was that anyway? It sounded a little like a cross between Bugs Bunny and uh, and uh, Tennessee Ernie. It's a strange cross. Uh, hey, uh, do you, you, thank you, thank you. Hey, did you know that there's a store where you don't have to pay more for a small turkey than a big one? I shouldn't mention turkeys here, you know. That, you know, I'm in show business. You don't like to talk too much about turkeys out loud. But uh, anyway, you don't have to pay more for a quarter chicken than a whole one. Where you don't have to pay more for a top round London broil than for a top round, et cetera, steak. Well, where else but at good old friendly ShopRite? So uh, we suggest that you get on the ShopRite. You pay the same low price per pound for one of the big three legged turkeys as for a big giant 25 pounder or a little one. You pay the same price per pound for thin center cut pork chops, et cetera. And uh, so you get down there and find out. Uh, the ShopRites, they've been asking you for years why pay more? And you haven't answered. Slob. You ought to answer when people talk to you. Gee, we're loaded with commercials here tonight, and I have a big... Hey, listen, uh, I'm not going to do all of them right now. I'll just, just throw a couple more at you here. You have one uh, one of them uh, recorded ones? I'm using the term them, because I don't want to offend anybody in Jersey. You know, confuse their language usages. Please, will you uh, hit the... Imagine me addressing the PTA. The first time I ever spoke in public. You seemed a bit edgy this morning. You should have taken aspirin. But I didn't have a headache. I felt a bit edgy, so I took Compose. Compose. Famous for temporary relief of occasional simple nervous tension. You never saw such a wonderful audience. A bit edgy at times? Help take the edge off with Compose. Edith, we're only going to the supermarket. Why the hat? I like hat. For the supermarket? Come on, what's with your head? Dandruff. And I used a dandruff shampoo two days ago. Maybe yours is tougher than plain dandruff. It can be psoriasis. See your doctor. Sorex medicated shampoo used regularly helps relieve flaking and scaling. Sorex. P-S-O-R-E-X. Tougher than plain dandruff. No hat on supermarket day? I used my head. And Sorex. Sorex shampoo. Tougher than plain dandruff. <laughs> Must be embarrassing to do a dandruff commercial, though. 
<laughs> you know what? I've often wondered how, how, how it feels to be one of these models that plays the before part in the ad. You know, it's just before and after. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, let's see. We got one other little note here. In fact, we got a lot of little notes here. New York Magazine is having a big furnishing guide. How to make your your apartment livable. How do you like this, friends? Erotic environments for living. Man marches on. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Erotic environments. <laughs> Fred, you can't kid me. That's a Freudian chaise lounge. I can tell it's a phallic symbol. Stop it. I refuse to... All right, hang in there, folks. Hang in there. We don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. Yeah, Merle. We don't take our trips on LSD. All right, hold it. Now reset that. Reset that. The reason I'm playing that is that just about three hours ago, maybe four, uh, I landed here in town. That's Merle Haggard. Uh, you want to know who it is? It's Merle Haggard. And about three hours ago, four hours maybe, I just landed here in town, out at LaGuardia, after, well, actually at Newark, after having uh, played I, last night. You know where I was last night at this time? Chickasha, Oklahoma. I was playing the, uh, yeah, Oklahoma College of Liberal Arts at Chickasha, which is part of the Oklahoma University uh, chain out there. And Chickasha, Oklahoma, and and uh, very very interesting experience, uh, <laughs> very. Uh, Muskogee, the the town that he was singing about, is very close to Chickasha. And if you don't know where Chickasha is, well, Chickasha is about uh, oh, it's about forty miles out of Oklahoma City. And uh, if you've never been to Oklahoma, and I presume a lot of you haven't, Oklahoma is one of those states hardly anybody ever really goes to. And uh, it is it is one of the flattest states uh, in the world. I mean, it really is flat, and uh, yes, it's it's really flat. Uh, however, the uh, there's a thin line of mountains that were uh, that you see when you drive out of Oklahoma City, which incidentally is the largest city in America by area, except for Los Angeles. But it's a small city, so don't get confused. I'm not saying it's a great big city. It isn't. It's spread out. It's an enormous uh, city line thing. You, you, I mean, you're way out in the wilderness, and the city line says Oklahoma City. So don't get fooled by that. But when you fly into Oklahoma City, you just come in over this. It, it lays below you just flat. And you know what it reminded me of? I was reminded uh, when we were coming into Oklahoma City by, by plane. It was a beautiful, very clear day when I flew in. Uh, day before yesterday, I was reminded of flying into uh, Johannesburg. The country around there looks like the country around certain parts of Johannesburg. Now, that's a strange <laughs> combination, but I'm sorry, that's the way it is. And it's, you can see red clay and water holes uh, laying under the sun with cattle around them. And the plane is whistling down over these long, flat uh, cattle plains, crisscrossed by uh, by lot lines and, and uh, lines of sycamore trees and cottonwoods. 
and big patches of bare red soil and patches of green grass, absolutely flat and crisscrossed by thin rivers that are almost completely dry now at this time of the year. You see the banks way out where they were once in the spring, but now you just see a little trickle of water. And when the plane landed, the door opened. I practically passed out. This was yesterday, friends. 98 degrees. It just rolled. And and the heat on the plains is very different from the heat here. It's heat. (laughs) I mean, it's heat. And it just rolled out. And it was totally silent. You can you can almost cut the silence in in cubes, and I got uh, immediately. I was met by this guy who was from this from this school, this little tiny school, about eight hundred students. It's part of the of Oklahoma U's, or is it the University of Oklahoma? I believe it is University of Oklahoma. It's part of their system, but it's their liberal arts. They have a special, uh, you might say, a special, very advanced liberal arts school where they teach film and all kinds of esoterica. And we drove to Chickasha, which is about 40 miles outside of Oklahoma City along this absolutely straight road. And you could see the horizon for probably 200 miles on either side of you, just laying there. And, and the heat rolling over the road. And occasionally an old pickup truck would roar by Oklahoma plates. The guy sitting in there wearing a blue work shirt. And incidentally, blue work shirts and overalls are not worn because they're chic in Oklahoma. <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> and and uh, the guy in this old Oklahoma, uh, you see more old old open flatbed trucks and pickup trucks than you ever thought you'd see in your life. And just, just roaring all around. And, and you see, one of them went past the sea. You just went, you, where you, where'd you driving along casually? You see, me and this guy in the heat were talking about things. And, and uh He's, the, uh, he's in the English department. There's always two or three. They always remind me a little bit of Lucky Jim. Did you ever read Lucky Jim? Every school in the country now, that I play a lot of colleges, by the way, and every college I go to, I always am brought to the college by the resident Lucky Jim. And uh, and I, I suppose you've never read it, but you should. Uh, <laughs> it's a wonderful Kingsley Amos. And and here's Lucky Jim sitting next to me, and he's driving. He's got a Lucky Jim car. He's got an Opal with a, with a bad set of valves. And we're driving along, leaving a trail of smoke behind us, you know, and the car's limping. And I says, how come you got this tin can? You know, it was about eight years old. I have nothing against Opals, but this one had seen better days, see. Looks like it had been hit by several large bulls on the side. And I said, how come you got this? So, I don't know. So I make a lot of mistakes in life. And we're dri- yeah, with Lucky Jim, you know, we're driving along through the heat, and all of a sudden a pickup truck roars past us. You see, just roars past. We got our windows open, see, and and he can't get this Opal going much more than maybe 25, 26 miles an hour. And you know the kind. You could hear the little rubber bands expanding and popping in the engine, you know, making it go. And and he goes past, and suddenly, wow, this pickup truck roars past us with no mufflers, and with a couple of. You know, you've you, you heard the expression redneck. Well, now, that expression does not necessarily only mean a philosophy. These guys had necks as red as uh, your average bandana. They actually had red necks. 
I mean, they roared by these two guys. <laughs> they roared by see, and, and and would you believe it? I mean, it was pure a pure lucky Jim moment. You know, would you believe it? These guys roared past us. They're passing us, see, and they didn't even notice it. You know, just roaring by this this pickup truck is banging. You know, GMC a big pickup going past. All of a sudden, the guy on the windward side, he lets go a gob of chewing tobacco, which lands right on our hood. Troy, you know, it just spits out. Well, he sees he's done this. He says, pardon me, I'm sorry. And he just goes right on past. First time I had a gob of, a gob of mail pouch land on a hood in front of me in a long time. Well, he drives, he, he gets up, he get, they get in front of us, see, and, and, and here on the back of the pickup truck are two cabs. I mean, you know, cab cabs. And, and, and these two cabs are looking at us, you know, and they're bawling. Have you ever heard cabs bawl? Yeah, they go, wah! They, had a, they have a strange, you know, and they keep going, wah! Wah! And, 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 and what, what these guys do then, as soon as they get past the Opal, they slow up. So here we're driving along behind you, and he can't pass anybody with the Opal, I might point out. So no matter how slow the guy's going, so they, they, here where they are, they're, they're up ahead of us now, and these two cabs are looking us right in the eye. And somehow there was something that was, it kind of made me feel bad, you know. I don't know what there was. There was a there was a pleading look in the cab's eye, like do something. Look where they're taking us. And they the two of them kept looking right at us. They kept going wah wah. And every time I would try to say something to Lucky Jim, I'd say, Well, you know, Lucky, I'll tell you, it's great to be out here. And he'd look at me and wah. The calf would let out a yell. Well, we we <laughs> we went on down the highway <laughs> and and. Suddenly we, we went we went over a little rise. He says, You're now you know, we're we're on one of the big hills, you know, there's a hill about eight, seven, maybe eight, nine feet high. And it gradually goes up this hill and down. Just a little kind of a, a gentle undulation on the concrete. And we're at the top and he says, I want you to take a look at this view now. And I did. He said, Greatest view in, in, in Oklahoma. Well he's right. No, I'm not I'm not fantastic view. Just you could just see the plains. I mean if you think America is suffering from uh, lack of room to expand, you ain't been to Oklahoma recently. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could just see nothing but horizon as far as you could see with a gray-blue haze. And you could, you could hear the, the crickets. And there were clouds of grasshoppers going across the road once in a while. You just see them fly out, splattering against the windshield because it's... it's it's full summer out there yet, you know, and it's uh, really hot. And and all along the road as we drove, these these beautiful Angus are just standing there watching us go by, and these two calves up in front there looking back at us. And then a big sign came up out of the came up out of the heath, and it said, "At this point, the Chisholm Trail crossed here, right at this point." Now you've heard of the you know the Chisholm Trail. Well, this this is you know this is where it was, see. And uh, off in the distance, you could see a, the faint gleam of the Cimarron River. And uh, <laughs> you know, I was this is really it, see. So we're driving along, and, and, and poor Lucky Jim, and he says to me, he says, you know, he says, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, why? He said, well, I'm real nervous. He said, you know, these these folks out here. He said, I, I don't know whether they're going to understand what you're going to say. And I said, don't worry. Lucky, a lot of people don't understand. They're not alone. They don't understand me in Jersey. And he said, "Well, he said, uh, got a line." Then he says, "I got. We're putting it on the line." So we drove on down to to Chickasha. Now Chickasha, 
We go over a little bridge, and Chickasha is about 15,000 people, but don't let it fool you. It actually looks about like maybe 20 or 30 people. And these little houses set on the plains with the heat squatting down on it. And there's an old railroad hotel, the Chickasha Railroad Hotel, right by the side of the railroad tracks. Everything is so clean and open there. You can see the hotel is by the railroad track where people stop and get out of the train and go into the hotel. I mean, there's nothing, nothing hidden. And, and he said, hey, he said, before we go home, he said, how about stopping by? I wanted to show you something. And tonight, right now at this minute, the, uh, the Chickasha Fair is in full swing. It's in, it's in full swing in this old firehouse. And uh, they've got this brick, like a, like a, well, it looks like a brick warehouse. And it's filled with cows and, and pigs all standing around looking. And these people walking around looking at cows and pigs. And they have a collection of old cars. But you know, the difference between the vintage car world in, in uh, Chickasha, Oklahoma, and the vintage car world of, let's say, Upper Marion, Pennsylvania, is that their idea of a, of a, of a, of a vintage car is a 49 Hudson that's working. See, and they just <laughs> they put it up for display. That's right. So, so uh, you know, uh, Clarence drives his 49 Hudson in there, and he puts it on display. See, and then, of course, the next day, he's got to drive him to work. Uh, a Hudson Commodore is what the, was the chief uh, display item there. It's a 49 Hudson, two-tone, blue and white, terrible-looking car. And there it was. And uh, so we're looking at that, and he says, I want to show you something. Now, here's, here's if you want to hear the, 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 uh, the lost soul syndrome, here we're in Chickasha, and and we go to this guy's house, and he's a great guy, you know, Lucky Jim, and then we go to his house, and he's, he said, I want to show you something. Remember, he's in Chickasha, Oklahoma. He said, I want to show you something. I said, what? He said, well, come on out back with me. We walk through his little house, out into the backyard, and the heat hits us. Here's this little rickety garage. We go to the garage, and he opens it up. I can't believe my eyes. Sitting in the garage, there can't be more than 40 or 50 of these cars in the United States. An Allard K2. Extremely rare car. And I said, well, how the hell did an Allard K2 get here in Chickasha? He said, well, that's a long story. He said, you want to drive it? So he and I get in this Allard, with brute of a car. It's a fantastic brute of a machine. It's a racing, ex-racing type car. So we get out on the road, and this thing is pulsating with power. We drive down the street, and it was just almost like a scene out of, out of the last picture show. We drive down the road, and we stop at a stoplight. There's nobody around. All of a sudden, these two kids drive up next to us. One of them looks out and says, what kind of car is that? And Lucky Jim says, an Allard K2. And what did you say? He says, an Allard K2. Says, I told you it was when that new Jaguar. We just sat there in the heat, waiting for the light to change. Then one of them says, hey, he says, hey, uh, can you tell us which way is the, is, the, is, the, is the high school football field around here? And uh, he says, yeah, it's down the street. Turn left at the feed store. Go down to the end of the street. And they turned around, made a U-turn, and left. Somehow looking for the high school football field seemed just right in Chickasha. Well, that night, I played at the school. A little, you know, little 
sad little auditorium. We got up on the stage. He had a great time, actually. And one of the kids got up out of the crowd later, you know, who goes to Chickasha. And he, 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 he's got a stunned look on his face. And I said, what's the matter, kid? He says, I'm from Wilton, Connecticut. I said, you're from Wilton, Connecticut? What are you doing in Chickasha? He stood there for a minute. I said, what are you doing in Chickasha? He said, well, my old man figured he'd send me out here. They'd knock some sense in me. And the crowd laughed. And then then somebody came up to me later and says, hey, would you like to play Muskogee? And I said, I sure would. He says, well, my hometown is Muskogee. And I said, well, my God, I know about Muskogee. He says, you, you know about Muskogee? And I said, sure, I know about Muskogee. And he says, what do you know about Muskogee? I says, well, were you there the night that Merle Haggard played Muskogee? He says, oh, my God, I sure was. I wouldn't miss that. And, and we, go back to the, we go back to the little uh, coat, the A&W, you know, the root beer joint. We're sitting, they had a little booth outside. We're sitting in the A&W, and somebody plunks that dime in the jukebox that goes roaring out over the, over the it was almost like a, like a, a picture set. It was roaring out over the parking lot. All the kids sitting around in their 57 Chevys and 53 Fords, and you could hear the sound. They're just roaring out. See? They're just sitting there, you know, drinking their A&W root beer, wearing their high school sweaters. Temperature's 98 degrees. Merle is singing out, rattling the tops of them A&W root beer glasses. Those cheap speakers and that big Seabird... Jukebox a rattling and a booming the 700 watts of audio. Way down at the end of the street, once in a while, where they're having the fair, you could hear something go, Those calves were still yelling. Lucky Jim was sitting there next to me, trying to figure what the hell it all boiled down to. 700 years of higher education, and he's in Chickasha. Oklahoma, we don't let our knee hair deep and cabs and bulls and 49 Hudson's like and A&W root beer stands. Listen, for those of you who don't know him, if you want to hear one of the absolute best country western singer of all time, you're listening to him. This is Merle Haggard. He is from Oklahoma, incidentally. We still wave old glory down at Chickasha. And white lightning still the biggest thrill of all. Leather boots are still in style. The night Merle Haggard tore up Muskogee. And Roman sandals won't be seen. Football's still the roughest thing on campus. And the kids here still respect the college dean. All together, everybody. I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee. Thank you. Bless where even square. We still wave old glory down at the courthouse, by golly. And white lightning still the biggest thrill of all. 
We still wave old glory down at the courthouse In Muskogee, Oklahoma, USA Yeah, and now I'll tell you what I want you to do on that same side. Dig out white line for me. You'll find it listed there. You know, it's a it's a it's a different world out there, <laughs> and and uh, and you know the the fascinating part of that world is is uh, and I'm I'm reporting it here for New Yorkers who may not know it, but that world out there, that great uh, it's hard to know what to call it. That great underbelly of America is being discovered by by everybody, including the movie world and God knows what, and uh, it's a. It's, uh, yeah, White Line is on that. She'll give it to you. No? Okay. Too bad. Uh, there is a good one on that side, though. No, I won't mess more. But, uh, you know, it's uh, that night, uh, <laughs> that night after the show, uh, coming back, it was, it was it, they kept asking me. You know, it's funny how, how people today are very self-conscious about their place, especially if you're from New York or from the East. And uh, they kept asking me, you're not you're not bored being here. I mean, you, you, gee, you know, uh, I hope you don't mind being here. And, you, <laughs> and, and it was so. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a it's a hard thing to explain. But those long rolling roads and uh, and you can understand that that the that the that the life is much harder. It's much different than our life. And uh, there's no way that they could have conceivably the same philosophies that we have because they have, they have cold winters and hot summers and uh, a kind of a, a kind of a hard... Uh, it's, it's, you, you feel, you feel in the air. You, you really do, and it seems hard to believe it at this time. You really do feel the, the aftertaste of the frontier. You actually taste it, and you feel it when you walk down the street. Now, that's not the West out in California, which is something else again. See, I think what happened is that our country bypassed the frontier. It just leapfrogged and went into California and left great areas of the country that are still primarily wilderness. And uh, Muscogee, <laughs> Chickasha. By the way, the Indians there, this is a tremendous country for Indians out there. And there were, you know, hundreds of Indians at the fair just wandering around. A big Indian lady came up to me and she says, I'm sitting in the Allard, and, and Lucky Jim had gone in to get the hot dogs and uh, in the A&W, and she came up, and she says, what kind of a car is that? And she's a beautiful, magnificent-looking face, a tremendous lady, must have weighed 300 pounds. And she says, what, what, the, what kind of a machine is that? And I said, this is an Allard. And uh, she had this little kid with her, a little Indian kid. She turns and she said, now, you look at that. And the kid's looking at it. She says, now, that's a beautiful car. You tell your father you saw a really beautiful car. And uh, <laughs> she says, what kind was that? I said, an Allard. She says, where do they make that? And I said, England. She says, them England, they, they have a way. And uh, she went off to look at the calves. Just little moments, you know, that, that, that you remember out of the blue. Hey, we got a couple of ding-dongs here before we do anything else. We have Mandarin House and a good, good restaurant. If you're looking for really good oriental food, I give you my personal recommendation. Mandarin House, down in the village. It's on West 13th Street between 6th and 7th, and it's a great place. Uh, they have a nice uh, garden there. I think the garden will still be open for the next couple of months. And uh, you can go and 
the garden and sit there under the Chinese lanterns and have your your uh, Mandarin food, which is northern Chinese, excellent food. And uh, their address is 133 West 13th Street, Mandarin House, between 6th and 7th in Greenwich. By the way, there are two Mandarin houses in town. One is Mandarin East on 2nd Avenue. That's uptown between 57th and 58th. Both great restaurants. How about that general tire spot? You got a little ding-dong here? All right, let's see, yeah. Uh, through September 23rd, the general tire people having a big sale on original equipment tires. Uh, I hope this isn't t- this isn't the 23rd yet, is it? <laughs> the famous calibrated Jumbo 780, which is a very lovable, beautiful tire. So round, rich, and firm. And they're having a big sale through the 23rd. So the, the offer ends Saturday. Get down there. The prices are great. Get two tires for only $39.95. That's size A7813, tubeless blackwall. 7813, tubeless. And in the Bronx, visit Phil McConkie, General Tire Service, 1163 Leggett Avenue. And you have another one. Okay. Is the Red Baron of Lufthansa German Airlines around? Take off your skis and make yourself comfortable. He's out checking ski containers in the planes we fly to the Lufthansa Alps. I wanted to see the Baron because Mom will let me ski at Ebenezer's Mountain. The Red Baron doesn't want you to ski at Ebenezer's Mountain either. He wants you to ski in the Lufthansa Alps. You mean the Alps Europe? Well, I can't afford the Alps Europe. Well, for only $311, the Red Baron will fly you round-trip New York to Munich, put you aboard a ski bus special, ride to Innsbruck, Kitzbühel, or the Alberg region, give you a nice room every night, and you can ski yourself silly for a whole week. You could even have a car to drive instead. Same price, $311. Wonderful. For that money, Mom can go, too. Ooh, kiss the Red Baron for me. What makes you think I haven't already? Oh, Available on. December 1 to 14 and January 5 to March 31st, 1973. Rates per person, seven, eight-day economy fare, group of ten flying together. Land arrangements are for two people traveling together and sharing the same room with the highest price, $567 for other destinations and hotels. Oh, he's a fast talker. Now, a special announcement for anyone in North Jersey from American National Bank and Trust of New Jersey. Pick a pair of services, get checking free. Pick a pair of services, you really get three. Get this checking bonus with services a must. American National Bank and Trust. This is Jerry Verbell for American National. Yes, there are many ways you can get checking free at American National. With our full-service capability, all we ask is that you pick a pair of these services. Master Charge and ABC, a savings account and ABC, a consumer loan and ABC, or a mortgage and ABC. What's ABC? It's our automatic bank credit that puts a cash reserve right into your personal checking account. You don't pay for it till you use it, and you don't have to use it to get free checking. Visit any of our 33 offices, pick a pair of services, and get checking free. American National is a member of the Princeton American Bank Corp. and a member of FDIC. Dreaming of a vacation this fall, the kind that brings you back completely refreshed? Take a luxurious 17-day Caribbean cruise on the magnificent Victoria of Liberian Registry. Sailing from New York October 20th, November 21st, and December 22nd. You'll visit eight or nine ports, including South America, Panama, and the Bahamas. Plenty of time ashore with duty-free shopping in the Virgin Islands. Aboard, the beautiful Victoria becomes your elegant floating resort. A ship with more living room, more deck space, more of everything. 
limited to 425 passengers for uncrowded cruising comfort. Every stateroom is spacious with ample wardrobe facilities. Service in the finest continental tradition by an all-Italian English-speaking crew. Make your reservations now for a glorious 17-day holiday, October 20th, November 21st, and December 22nd. Call in Chris Line at 212-826-7000 or see your travel agent. Yeah. Yeah, if you think the last picture show is about the old days, forget it. You haven't been out in the country recently. And if you think Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories is about the old days, you just haven't been looking around. You haven't been out in the country lately. <laughs> That's the trouble with New York and the big cities. It tends to put curious filters on your eyes. You know, really, yeah, and that's what turnpikes have done. You can go 3,000 miles across country and not see a yard of country. And airplanes haven't helped it either. And out in the darkness tonight flies Chickasha by the Chisholm Trail. W-O-R New York. And how? You stay tuned for Lester Smith and the news. <laughs> 